driving through green pastures for like five minutes and then suddenly I'm in Washington, D.C. And I went, did they fucking just leapfrog Philadelphia where my podcast is from? <laughs> right. I was like, fuck this game. Like the birth of the United the, States. The birth of the United States <laughs> was, was a, a green pasture with a couple of fucking farmhouses. Welcome to the Emergent Gamer Podcast. This is your host, Lock and Key, here for episode 106, the year in review. This is where we are. And right now, it's a little weird because I'm sitting across from from two people. We're, we're down to, to three hosts this evening. Who do I have directly to the left of me? This is Felix Hergood. Of the Emerging Gamer I'm Podcast. I'm not going to say it. Okay. You guys make fun of I me just, enough for it. Fuck I just it. feel like I have to say it now. This is Felix Hergood of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. There he is. And to my right, Neo Aoshi. What's up, Neo? Not a whole lot. Um, Trip is not with us this evening. Uh, Trip's a little under the weather. Um, so he did talk to us a little bit about what he would have liked to discuss on this episode. And this episode, um, we're not going to do any news. There wasn't much that we were really wanting to discuss uh, this week in news form. Um, unless something has broken very recently that we didn't see. As Neo Aoshi put it, they're all out. All the games came out. We're done. I did say that. Yeah. There's I mean, no there's news, right? It's very, yeah. very limited rumors, patches, updates, things like that, but nothing, nothing groundbreaking, at least from what we saw from, from the few publication sites that we check out. So we just wanted to talk about how we felt um, in gaming this year. We wanted to talk about the highs, the lows, some of the games we love, some of the games we didn't love, um, and a few realizations that we made when we were discussing some of the things we loved and didn't love about this year in gaming. Um, there were just a few things that I wanted to hit on before we get into this discussion, plug some stuff. Um, if you are a fan of the GSM podcast or um, you are just a fan of podcasts in general, Felix and I will be on GSM's podcast um, video feed, um, which you can check out the rebroadcast on Twitch, uh, which will actually be taking place tomorrow. We will be discussing games of the year with another video game podcast. So make sure to follow GSM on Twitch at GSM podcast. No. GSM underscore podcast. I wasn't sure if it was underscore or not, so make sure you check them out, GSM underscore podcast, and watch the rebroadcast of the most recent episode to see uh, Felix and I on that live stream. Um, you can also follow them inside of iTunes, um, where you can also follow us. So something that we wanted to bring up and talk about really quickly is um, if you have been listening to this show or you are a fan of the show, you're a newcomer, if you can please do us a huge favor, something that would benefit us greatly would be to please subscribe inside of iTunes um, and if we can do one more than that, if you can please leave a star rating and or a review comment, um, letting us know how we're doing, what you like about it, what you don't, even if you're critical, any review is going to be super beneficial for us. Um, but we really want to uh, gain your feedback and we would really, really appreciate you taking out the time to hop into iTunes and, and dropping us a line and leaving us a review. Yeah, I, I, I definitely read somewhere when I was, you know, studying how to be better at social media. I definitely read somewhere that if somebody, if, if it's the algorithm is based something around the effect of if 
there are negative comments and positive comments. It's it's like the whole. So if you really think that this is puerile shit, then you need to fucking like write that. You, you need know? to let it out. Give it give it a one star and fucking tell us how fucking bad it is. Yeah, I don't care. but if, I, if you do love let us. us know, I mean, you know, we'll take suggestions if they're if they're they're merited. You know, if you do love us, I will I will read your review. On the podcast. This is going to be a Neo's new segment yeah, where he reads that. all of the reviews that we get on a weekly basis. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, for right now, that that will probably not be an actual segment because there might not be any reviews. We, but, we need some reviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but for real, it, it really would help gauge how we're doing. It would help potentially break this podcast out into the top under games and hobbies, um, which we would really love to get this podcast out in, in, in the hands, or I should say in the ears of more people. Um, so please um, leave a comment if you can and um, subscribe and give us a rating. We really do appreciate that. Uh, primary uh, listenership uh, from what I've seen statistically is on mobile, so it is in their hands. Right. Oh. Yeah. Their hands and their ears. And their ears, yeah. Mm. Um, and we'll have more to come for you guys. We have a... Um, some pretty big plans coming for January, uh, late January, early February for what the uh, Emerging Gamer Podcast is going to be doing as far as content-wise. So more to come around that, which we will be teasing at in upcoming episodes. Um, we're really excited for some of the things that are going to be happening in the near future. So um, keep keep your ears and your eyes out for, for more content and what that's going to look like. But for now, we want to talk about 2016 and video games. And I think, um, Neo, I want you to reiterate what you said a few minutes ago about this realization that we just had about video games in 2016. And, and what was it that you had mentioned? The open world game? Yep. So one thing I've, I've come to uh, start to realize is the, over, the open world game bubble has been bursting. Mm. And it feels like a lot of companies are going out of their way to uh, try and make that uh, GTA experience. And most times it's been falling flat. A mm. uh, few examples I want to point out, please. Uh, Mafia Three probably being the biggest one this year. Uh, you did play yeah. that, yeah. But but Mafia Three. My concern with Mafia Three was not the development of their open world. I thought their open world was a great, fun, enjoyable open world full of activity and things to do. Yeah, but was it the same things? I think something. I think something that Neo is is hinting on is it's not necessarily the landscape of the open world. It's right. more so. Does this game really need to be in an open world? Does the story, does the the side is quest the story really... benefiting from the open world, or is the open world just a, a, a vehicle? Correct. Um, that you're participating in. No, actually, if this game was just like Uncharted, where it was more cinematic cutscenes and the whole thing was just cinematic cutscenes, I would have played it. Well, so from well. what I gather, for from a game like uh, Mafia, the single player part was the superior part. It, it excelled at being. Uh, telling a story about the character and and the the mafia story that they were telling, it fell flat on the side quests and a lot of the activities you did outside of the story, and it even it even had a lot of I, I want to say weird technical issues as well that I've that I've seen. I don't I don't know if I'm really GTA Five biased, but I I recently have been going back and playing that game on a regular basis, and it, I still think like the the open world of GTA has more energy. I'm talking about GTA Five, not the online, right? But it, I think that game has more energy than than any of the open world games that I played, like but, Watch Dogs Two, Mafia Three. Yeah, I, I think so. So here's the thing: we came from a place where we had very few developers that gave us great open world games. Right? You had Bethesda, 
right? They were, they've been making open world games and we can count on them for an open world game for a long time, right? Whether it be Skyrim, Fallout. Um, and I think Rockstar, from where it's come from the past to the right now and the present, have made a truly unique, amazing open world game. And I think you just touched on something that's, that's, that's worth mentioning, that Mafia as a trilogy could have mimicked a movie style. It could have been the mm-hmm. godfather of video games. Right. Right. It could have been the uncharted cinematic, still a ton of action, but on rails, enough openness to it where it doesn't feel like you're just running from left to right. But to to make it in this open world where you're not truly open, you're 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 stuck in these monotonous side quests, the NPCs aren't great. Like we don't need an open world for the sake of open world. Right. We need it if it's truly going to be a benefit. If the game benefits from the open world, right? Um, like, and I keep I, I've brought this up many times, but Witcher Three mm-hmm. is one of those games that I want to say uh, was an amazing open world game right. because the open world itself was its own character. Mm-hmm. It was its own part of the game that felt alive and felt fleshed out. Every th- every part of that game felt real. Yeah. It's a very high bar to set. It is. For open world games and then you 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 know you go from that to Mafia or any of the other open world games that we got this year I want to say like Watch Dogs 2 for example and it, the AI is flat and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a fleshed out open world. Yeah, I think something uh since we're comparing the the Witcher feel, something that uh, it is actually almost a struggle for me with Witcher was every time that I sit down to play it, I don't end up playing the main story because just riding my horse from town to town, I get lost in what's happening in that horse ride where I have to get off and I have to fight monsters or talk to the villagers or interact with the world where some of these other games, it's, it's not, it's not that in depth, the attention to detail and, and what they're really trying to drive is they're, they're giving you a gimmick. They're not giving Mm -hmm. you the actual, I don't know. I don't, they're not giving you in its entirety. They're giving you this facade of what they think you want not what actually it is. Right. And even things like side quests, which, which uh, last week I called offensive on Final sure. Fantasy 15. Because they are. They are. In, in Witcher 3, and I, I haven't played Mafia or, or Watch Dogs, but in Witcher, that was uh, those side quests had fleshed out stories. They mm-hmm. had fleshed out characters that you interacted with. They weren't just your boring-ass fetch quests. Right. They were actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Another open-world game, or a semi-open-world game that came out this year-ish, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Right. It's not full open world like you're used to, big cities and all that. It, it came out this year on PS4. And PC, yeah. PC. yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll count it, right? Absolutely. We're safe to do that. Cool. Um, that open world was interesting because of the traversal. They gave you tools to use to... The, the world itself became its own game, like its own part of the game, its own... Mm-hmm. In, it was more interesting to go across that open world because of all the tools you had to traverse them. If that makes sense, sure. Um, and I don't—I wouldn't call it a full open world game, but it was pretty open. Do you think us as gamers are part of that problem? Do Do you feel like the, the reason why I say that is I I, I just I'm kind of reflecting back on this past year and, and listening to things that I know I've brought up and Trip has and Felix and I don't know if you have more recently, Neo, but we. We want open world. We want that. But we do want we? what we, I mean, Felix has mentioned it numerous times that he wants The Witcher. He wants the Skyrim. He wants the Fallout. Mm-hmm. Right? He likes that style of games. He gets very engrossed in that. And I think uh, a lot of gamers 
are attracted to that type of game. So there's almost this force of, well, I need to make my game like that. But right. that's a developer not staying in their lane and mm-hmm. trying to be something that they're not. So which they should try. Absolutely. Right. I don't blame I I won't won't stop them from trying to go f- for that open world goodness that everyone else can do. Okay. Games like Skyrim and Fallout benefit really well because of the uh, emphasis on explore, exploration. You go you go into those nooks and crannies of the world and you find a skeleton and there's a book next to the skeleton and that tells a story and you find all the treasure and the goodies in these dungeons that you mm-hmm. that you uh, you walk down the street and there's a pickpocket and all of a sudden the guards are fighting this and like there's a it, like the random encounters make Skyrim and Fallout really fleshed out in those senses. Okay, the open world becomes more breathing a living mm-hmm. thing, whereas flat ai and like watchdogs and mafia they don't it doesn't it doesn't feel well as good sure um people call you assholes in gta and it's awesome because you know you're affecting the world right mafia you're just you're just another passenger in in the whatever world you're in mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. a, g- a good majority of the of the mods that i added to skyrim were world altering story mods right that added extra stories to the game so i could get more of a story feel to the world I wanted to, but I couldn't have success with on the Xbox. I couldn't add to Skyrim like uh, more random encounters because it was crashing my Xbox over and over again. Um, so, there, but but there was a bunch of mods that would add like random NPCs that you would bump into on the road and like mm-hmm. walking around just to make the world seem more full and and richer. And that's what I was my driving force this year when I played a game. I wanted the game to feel my expectation now second year into the next gen right or is this the third year essentially the it started in 2014 right but it was 13 2014 no ps4 came out when did, is that when it came out 2013 i mean i definitely didn't have i thought it came out i thought it came out in 2014 but maybe that was the I year i got one. mine okay so keep, it comes out in 2013 and then 2014 comes around and that's when a slew of games come out but most of those games in my pers- my perception had been developed for previous gen, and they weren't developed solely for this gen. Right. Now, we're, now we're a year, year and a half after that, and my expectation is that these games are ha- going to have dramatic, these new games coming out that are on this are going to have dramatic changes, a- extra stuff. They're, the world is going to feel fuller. And I felt that way with, uh, for instance, Assassin's Creed Unity. There was mm-hmm. more going on in that world. And I felt that way with GTA V, um, when it came to the the newer um, consoles yeah when it came to the newer consoles it seemed to have like more activity in the world more stuff going on which they purported they were going to add to the game yeah usually when we get a new gen of consoles we expect a new a new new uh experience of game right i don't know if we actually have gotten those experiences yet Mm, so we've gotten better graphics sure uh, so uh, that's, a, that's a good point i don't know if we've gotten enough of it mm-hmm. so uh, really quickly i don't mean to backtrack but it was 2013 cool. november of 2013 was the release of the new consoles yeah, so it has yeah. been three years Almost and three a, years. it's been three years and a month yeah right so we're now we're, we're about to go into our you know fourth year technically um being in 2017 um but i think you know when i think of some of the things that i've loved about this generation Uh, the first thing and really the only thing that comes to mind for me as far as this um evolution of hardware and software would be battlefield one yeah um i think they i think dice uh ea dice i guess um has taken advantage of that um 
you, you think about things like sound and graphics and attention to detail. Like I go back to our conversation from last week, I think it was, and you talk about the mud on the gun and how the mud looks so real. Even for me, I know you were talking about it on the PC, but even for me on the Xbox One, where the mud dripping off of the gun and the sounds of me stomping and and the the me with it in surround sound on my headphones. The explosions like, and the buildings like coming That's down. next generation to me. Like That's what the game should feel like, the immersive experience of feeling like I am in a World War I battle. You could even consider that, v- that since VR came out this year, that that's them trying to reach that next level mm-hmm. of immersiveness yeah. in these virtual worlds that they build. Sure. Um, Battlefield definitely nailed it outside of VR. Right. Battlefield nailed the whole aesthetic that the, the you know, the war and the, mm-hmm. the feeling of being on that battlefield. Yeah. Uh, just fantastic. And, and to, to kind of back up your point, Neo, like y- you don't need to have this like all encompassing, more gigantic, further boundaries, open world experience. No. To make a great open world game. You need to, just pack more detail into mm-hmm. a smaller open world. Like this My, is why, and, and people can disagree on the mechanics of the game or the story of the game or anything like that. But this is why I cite Assassin's Creed Unity as being a great example because it felt like I got to go into the French Revolution and right. see what it looked like when I went in. And Battlefield One, exactly like, to to back you up, Locke. Like Battlefield One feels like I'm in World War One, mm-hmm. and I'm experiencing it. Um, that the the only thing about that that I had a problem with was it falling back on the on the on the old the old mechanic of load screens and the old mechanic of like you know the thing that makes a shooter classically a shooter like some of that is too gamey for me mm-hmm. and I wish I had like less of a break in what I what I'm doing you know like I don't know I guess <laughs> I, guess I mean if you're dying all the time you're dying I mean. It's, you can't simulate war accurately if you're, if you're going to get shot. For me, for me, some of the best experiences we got this year weren't the big open world games, but it was the more intimate games that uh, that ha- I have played. I would I want to say like Uncharted Four, not a big open world game. It had at some points in that game had the illusion of it being open world mm-hmm. where you got into like the truck. Do you remember the, you know, the part towards yeah, the motorcycle like, chase, and the motorcycle that. chase. And that was more linear, but like there was like a part, they drop you in like, was it Africa? And they give you a Jeep. Oh yeah. And then, you and dri- then you're driving, driving around, around. and stuff. Yeah. It, it feels as though you're in these big open environments, but you're, they're really just kind of fishing you it's to the linear, next. Yeah, yeah. They're still fishing you to the next part, but they were, they, the experience in that game was, a lot more focused and it felt more fleshed out you know and you you couldn't really see all like the behind the scenes flaws that you find in like open world games when you watch like a character walk walking into like a wall or something or mm-hmm. clipping and a lot of those moments are hidden i think i think you bringing up uh, cuz i would agree like assassin's creed unity i mean for all of its flaws like the uh, the level and attention to detail is very important and i think in uncharted 4 it's the same way I don't need to have a a map like I don't need to have a full scale replica of the United States in a game. Right. You can give me fucking Delaware and make Delaware the most detailed Delaware you've ever seen. Like right. That, that 
that fucking game, that cruising game or whatever. That, right. I, th- and this is the no, reason why I said, that. yeah, that's why I said United States. So you have the crew, right? I think it was called the crew, the crew uh, Ubisoft, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, the crew is supposed to be this revolutionary thing. You're going to be able a to drive. United States. Right. You're going to be able to drive from New York to California. Wow. Cool. cool. Love it. Fucking give it to me. So I get on the highway. Right. Uh, I, I was leaving the New York, like whatever metro area. And I think I even, they, they got the Verrazano bridge in there. I mm-hmm. took the Verrazano. I get over, I, I'm driving, after I get over the Verrazano bridge, I'm driving through green pastures for like five minutes. And then suddenly I'm in Washington, D.C. And I went, did they fucking just leapfrog Philadelphia where my podcast is from? <laughs> right. I was like, fuck this game. Like the birth of the United States. The birth of the United States <laughs> was was a, a green pasture with a couple of fucking farmhouses. So it's it's this idea of knowing your audience, knowing what your game is, and making sure that you stay within that in that lane. And I think I don't, and and I'm not the type of gamer that needs like I don't need a Skyrim or a Fallout like, or a No Man's Sky or a No Man's <laughs> Sky. I mean, they have their place for me. They do, but. Like I think of games like The Last of Us and Uncharted's a good one, so Naughty Dog's a pretty good developer in that regard. But give me enough of Rails, but let me feel like it's open enough as an open world, if that makes sense, to where I'm I'm not being handheld from point A to point B, but I'm still within a confined box that doesn't feel like super small, if that makes sense. I think there needs way. to be a clarification, though, in No Man's Sky's defense, even though... I was compared it, to the crew, because... Well, yeah. Yeah. Why? Is that seated? The crew isn't seated. What do you mean by seated? Uh, procedurally generated. Procedurally gener- generated no. with seeds. No, I guess not. But but when, when when you guys were describing the crew, I haven't played it, I was thinking, oh, wow, they're they're using... They're hyping, hyping you up with the ability to go across the U.S., which right. no game has tried before. No Man's Sky did a similar thing where yeah. they were like, kind of going like, "Oh, explore the galaxy." Right. It's and it's all very samey, and and you find the limits of the game pretty quickly mm-hmm. after you play it for like an hour or two. But yeah. I think I think we need to give No Man's Sky props for opening a doorway of for future development in the in the realm of procedurally generated games that that are open world, but they're developing, they're generating themselves. I think they like because. Grand Theft Auto, for all its merits, is an amazing game, but that is a that is a soundstage. I am I am in I am in theater. I'm mm-hmm. in a diorama. I'm in something that was constructed by somebody by their rules, and there's walls to that boundary, you know. And I'm not getting out of that. I'm not I'm not really straying off their path. And sometimes, you know, Grand Theft Auto is one thing that makes that game makes me forget sometimes that i'm in a limited box i'm in a sandbox um but i never forgot it when i was playing mafia 3 i was aware that this was a sandbox i was aware that watchdogs 2 was a giant sandbox because it just didn't put up its illusion well enough the fourth wall came down and i knew i was standing on a soundstage mm-hmm. like it was something mm-hmm. that was created for that purpose now the difference between that and your no man's sky is no man's sky was generating itself like you could literally go wherever you want and it was just making it up as you went along. But as you kept going, you you soon realized that it's all kind of samey. Yeah. And it, it didn't and like you you found that, oh, okay, so I go on this planet, I'm gonna see 
similar trees, similar plants. Yeah, so it's it's shitty procedural yeah, it's, generation. It, it didn't quite nail the right. that. You easily it, but, see like the curtain come down. But imagine a few years from now or, or a decade from now when procedurally generated is how they're making the open world games and they've turned it into a factory where they're doing procedurally generated. And at that point, you might be getting an experience where something like Uncharted gets created randomly and it's mm-hmm. a different uncharted experience sure. for everyone playing I mean, the problems game. with those I, I feel like there's more points of like failure if you try and rely on the story to be or like or the environments or whatever to be generated as you're moving through the game it when when developers craft their exact idea of what they want you to do it usually it usually fits a lot better uh, if that makes sense, you know, I mean that's right that's, now in the current construct, but we don't know what's going to happen. That's true. You know, we don't know what more powerful computing power is going to give people. I think there's two things to summarize this up, and I want because I want to move away from the open worldness. Um, I think you're right, Neo, in saying that it's better when a when a company or a developer gives you three options for a particular scenario and we would like you to have this option like the bioware effect right mm-hmm. we give we give you these three options which will lead you down different paths and that when when they give you that little bit of wiggle room that allows for emergent gameplay that yeah. allows you to change the way that the developer allows you to play versus giving you just this sandbox and saying have at it because then they're not telling you how to play so there's nothing emergent about that where if we get just a little bit of wiggle room instead of just one option then it, it leads to a more engaging... Because when there's only three options, the story is usually more engaging, which you don't care that there's only three options because you still feel like you have enough room to decide on what you want to do, but they're really deciding on what you want to do for you. And I think that's that's a good point just, to make. Just to finish up your point, your, or just to feed off your point there, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five last year's game, uh, did a really good job of that mm-hmm. because they would instead of just throwing you into the open world and saying have at it, they would give you focused things to do and things to work at while providing you with all the tools right. and many ways of, of completing those tasks. Mm-hmm. In games like you know this year's Watch Dogs and Mafia, I know we keep going to those, but those are like the kind of like the big ones, right? Right. Um, they you what you get a gun, you get you get a little drone in in that. And Mo- Mafia, I watch people You're play Mafia. About Watch Dogs too. Yeah, yeah. You get, yeah. And then you get your phone that can do X amount of things, and then you there there you go. Those are your tools to complete your to complete your missions. Yeah, and, but you were, did you hear my point? Which point? Which one? The point, You're talking about the hacking. Point they didn't rely you, enough you on the hacking. You have to- the tools, but then the game gives you this like easy way to just fall back on old fashioned GTA right. shoot 'em up. Whereas whereas in like Metal Gear, the, you you have points of entry. You have all kinds of things you have companions you can take with you and it felt like i i mean i granted i didn't play watchdogs 2 i play watchdogs 1 but i could tell you easily that between what that watchdogs and metal gear it was easily that metal gear was a a more open decision wise on on any any tasks that you had to complete yeah, you were severely limited with Watch Dogs and Mafia 3, both of them. And i think that's the kind of a problem that you know open world games are facing are like they they don't give you enough toys to play with in the sandbox yeah. well they're, 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 they're just setting up like i said they're setting up like a, a theater it's theater of, right. of presentation it's a different style of theater than an uncharted which is mm-hmm. more like a movie when we watch it but mm-hmm. or play it but you know like the theater it's just too contrived 
Yeah. And you're just th- like, why is why is this so damn contrived? Right. I think what we've what we've nailed on is and it's something that, you know, I I've felt this way for a long time and there's exceptions to this which are usually the games where you get the fulfillment of of battling against another player in like a player versus player environment, but from a story standpoint, we want to feel connected. We want to feel connected to the characters, to the story. And I think we have a, a few games that have done that this year. So, And I think those are the games, those are the developers that know the game that they're creating and know what they're trying to accomplish. If Ubisoft was self-aware of knowing that they're making a unique game where it can be solely centered around hacking, it would have been a better game. I think so. Right? No. What they did was they tried to replicate GTA with a facade of hackers. They didn't they didn't they didn't create a game that was around hacking in its core. It was a shooter in a worse open world than GTA that had hacking as like one element tree. Or or they thought that that they needed to if they made an open world game where you could hack all the time and they didn't include the GTA-ness of the of uh, an open world then, then the people who play those games just to be, you know, monsters and beasts like the Man in Black in Westworld, um, would be un, un, unhappy, and they think that those people might be their core. But they don't know their audience. Then they clearly don't know their right. audience. Right. So let's talk about let's talk about some some smaller games because I think there's a lot of games on that list that have yeah. come out this year that I think do know what they're going for. They they're smaller developers. They have their ear to a ground ear to the ground. I think a little bit more than potentially a bigger de- a AAA developer like an Ubisoft or Bethesda might have. So I know we do have a list of some games that we think really nailed it for 2016. Yeah, looking back on this year, I found uh, i made a list of all the games i played over the past year mm-hmm. a, a lot of these games are a lot smaller more intimate experiences and i find i found like looking back i had a lot of fun with those games right um do you want me to start listing them or do you want, I mean, you want to you, talk about them i mean n- let's get one and see what we think what was right. the first one that you have well all right let's start with this one i played a game called abzu earlier this year mm-hmm. just came uh, to xbox just came to xbox cool mm-hmm. cool it came out on pc and ps4 earlier this year um the game centered around swimming you were a mm. scuba diver okay it was it's you, you guys play journey i love it love Dur- journey i love journey this experience journey. think journey but underwater well okay Okay. It doesn't shall, help me. Shall I go on? So you, <laughs> um, because in Journey, you're this like little towel cloth. You're this cl- clothed human being or creature Something. that just starts at the stop. That starts at the top of a sand dune, and then you just start sliding through sand. You just walk. Yeah, you start so moving. How is in the scuba diving thing? Are you flowing through currents? Yeah, actually, that's a, a lot. A lot of times that happens. Like water currents. Um, or something? It you're starts. A fish. No, you're you're like a person. You're like a person in a scuba gear or whatever. And they start you off just swimming through, and then you you they they have an emphasis on all the fish that you see, and like you can you find certain points where you can sit and meditate, and then it lets you in, examine the environment and look at all the fish around you. Are and you in deep dark water the whole time? It changes the the as you as you're swimming through because you're I constantly can't underwater. Play this game. Like- Oh, it's very, it's very cool. They they incorporate some pretty big set pieces as you're going. Like he's got a fear for a water. Oh, do you? I have an irrational fear. Well, because you you water. do find I, yourself going deeper and deeper at certain fucked, points. Fucked on. Like right now, I'm playing Inside, which, uh, is, which another is another game. game you want to yeah, talk yeah, about? Yeah, I, I do. I'm going to let you finish with Abzu, but like Inside, I'm, I'm saving has, that. In, Inside has a part where you get into a submarine 
Yeah. You're walking and it's dark, deep, dark water. And you just got to keep moving down through deep, dark water in these like cavernous, like, oh, wait, we'll talk about it because there's some cool things in that. Yeah. But like, I'm terrified. I don't know if a giant monster is going to eat me. Yeah. But so, but that feeling, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but that, that feeling, because I want to also ask you what exactly the feeling you got from playing Abzu was like, watchdogs didn't give you any emotional attachment there was no feeling there no right <laughs> battlefield one there was a feeling there every time i play it right now it's not the same feeling it's not it's not that same level of emotion but it did it did make you feel something right so that's 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 different for a triple a developer so that although you don't like feeling terrified and scared it still evoked an emotion out of you oh, yeah. right which is definitely good yeah it, it, the, the developers got their point across they right. they did they they did something to you does it, abzu have like terrifying sea monsters? absolutely oh well well hang on there <laughs> not <laughs> what sea about sharks? there's there is a shark in abzu oh, fuck. so all, this uh, I, I started the game and this was a game i was like oh my niece might like this game right she's like seven years old she's super adorable um and so we played this game together and i didn't realize as as i progressed through the game and with her assisting me and you know uh eventually you run into a shark big big shark really scary it looks like it's gonna hurt you it looks like it's gonna come at you (laughs) but later in the game you realize you got you and the sharks share the same goal and you save the shark's life and it, and then all of a sudden, this game where I'm just swimming around, looking at fish and enjoying the environment, a story f- unfolds mm. between me and this shark. And eventually, I'm not going to say what happens because no. it's a very beautiful game. I, I encourage anyone to play it's it. It's right now on yeah. sale on Xbox, uh, usually 20. Right now, it's 15. The ending is very unexpected. Mm-hmm. It's very so that's, unexpected. That's, that's very unique because I think we're in a really great time for uh, indie developers um, to get on something like the PlayStation or the Xbox, where before it wasn't as easy, mm-hmm. they didn't um, have the penetration either. Like, right, right. No way to find those games um, either. Those so that's gems. A, that's a good recommendation because I saw that pop up on the uh, deals with gold this this month. Um, so for fifteen bucks, if it's worth that experience, I think I might. I think so. I You'll finish it, it pretty quickly. Right. Like if you just sit there and play, you might finish it with like in four or five hours. Right. But the experience was pretty great, and that's you awesome. can, And this is a game that you can show to people and go. This is what games can be. These right. these are this is where the beauty and art comes out in games. Sure, sure. I'm poopy. I'm I'm <laughs> shitty. What? Uh, Hi, shitty. I'm Neo. Hi, Neo. Um, yeah, like so. Neo's is like I I respect you, dude, because you really. Oh, thanks, man. You really like spent the year like exploring territory. Oh, I got a and list. Branching out. Here's why I'm shitty. Okay. I'm shitty because other than inside and rat, uh, no, just other than inside, I'm looking down the list here. I either stuck to a franchise that I trusted, or I stuck to a franchise I trusted, or a company that made a new franchise that I trusted. Sure. Well, I'm glad you, the first step is admitting you had a problem. Yeah. Inside <laughs> is the only one I don't have a clue who developed that game and I played it. Okay. So here's, I'm not going to say that you're not shitty because I'm also shitty. But there is a little level of defense for us because he's doing a lot of his gaming on PC right? where these games are easily accessible much quicker than they are on our consoles. And we're, we're also inundated with those fucking stores. There's just so many games in those stores. A few but of I the guess, games I did play on, on uh, PS4. Well, sure, yeah. sure. But at least for me on the Xbox, things like, which I know we're going to get to, Firewatch, 
Abzu. I could um, play a game called Fury, these which was games, pretty great. Okay. These that games, that was PS4. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. A lot of these indie games have not yet made it to Xbox, or they come later to Xbox. Um, like Stardew Valley, again, another one that was late PC. to Xbox. That's a PC. PC. Yeah. So... Yes, we didn't branch out as much as we could have because we're addicted to the things that we're addicted to. First step is admitting. Been saying that for over a year now. Yeah. Um, but there is a level of credit that we need to give to ourselves that it's not necessarily the easiest to branch out and not necessarily get burned by potential bad indie games that are in the Xbox store because there are yeah, some bad see, ones out there. Now, it's oh, funny you God. say that. On the opposite side of that spectrum, I feel like I'm getting burned more often by these bigger developers. It's true. And over the past couple of years, I've been buying into the Assassin's Creed franchise. I've been buying into all these different franchises and I've been let down. I bought Battlefield 3. I didn't buy 4. I told you this earlier. Mm-hmm. And I came back for Battlefield 1 and I was right. pleasantly surprised. Like, and I, like, I guess Battlefront last year would count. I was kind of burned by Battlefront. I didn't think it was the game that it should have been. Um, my friend Jalus loved it because he's a Star Wars nerd. You know, I feel, I, mean, I feel like I am too, but like a, at the same time, yeah, I don't, I, w- I don't want to say I'm as big of a nerd, but mm-hmm. like that game didn't keep my attention. No, it wasn't what it, I, it wasn't what I expected it to be. I mean, these companies expect us to buy their season passes and they expect us to be like the stick with their games. But if their games aren't, if their games don't ha- think about the game part first and they think about the how can we squeeze more money out of the mm-hmm. stone? Then they're they're not going to keep me on board. It's sure. just not going to happen. I, after years of trying to, you know, buy you know buy into all these franchises, I'm like, at some point, I'm just going to be like, no, I'm going to look right. for something else. I'm going to look elsewhere. So tell me a little bit more about Inside. You both have played it. I, yeah, I don't don't go too much into revealing any. Plots no, 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 no can't because I'm not I'm not finished. All right, I won't but this is something that I'm really interested in purchasing. It means one of the top Metacritic games, at least it was, as far as um, overall score, which, you know, Metacritic gaining all of it from a lot of different um, news publications. Um, I mean, indie game, right? Developers of uh, previous game Limbo, which Mm -hmm. is also... Play Dead. Play Dead. Play Dead is the name of the developer. Yeah. Um, Which is... Limbo was also well critically received. Um, So what what do we have for this? What, What has this done for 2016? Go ahead. Well, it um, it's it's more it's still linear. It's one hundred percent linear. I know mm-hmm. when you look at promos for it. In fact, I I thought this before buying it. The screenshots and the promos and everything gave it more of a three dimensional look. Mm. So it gives you this like impression that it's a th- more of a not an open world, but like more of a three D space. It gives depth to 2. like point five D is what we would call it. Is that right? Like like I the Assassin's so. Creed games, the India and the Russia. But like but at like a two point five D, you could go in to the board more. You're not on a linear path. You could you could move inward and outward and you can't and, you can't do that in this. But, I but, done it yet. but the background goes very far. You right, you right, see right, right, you, right. you like like things happen in the background that will eventually affect that you. will make it to your linear yeah. path, but your path is still pretty much linear. Okay, mm-hmm. linear up and down. Okay, you know, um, but um, but yeah, super awesome depth to the game, so you can see things that are about ready to happen. Um, still has the cold resolve that the first game have. Like like when your character dies, you so morbid die, and there's no yeah. sound, no music, no nothing. You're just dead. And it's like really sad every time it happens. Yeah, mm. the game starts. Like, oh, why ew, did I have to do that? For that kid again? <laughs> it, and it's it's so well crafted though, because you because every time you do die, 
it feels like the animation is different. It feels like you're dying differently every time. Even if you're stuck on the same part. Oh, yeah. It feels very unique every time it happens. I was stuck on this part where I kept getting chewed up by dogs. Oh, yeah. Dogs are the yep, worst yep. in it. And every time the dogs they're, get, they're you, there. get you, they chew you up a different way. They eat your head one time. They eat your leg the next time. Like, and they'll toss you around. Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah. T- one time I got killed by a pack of dogs. And they, mm. they split me apart and, and dragged me in two different directions. And that's actually part of like the puzzle part of it is how do you escape the situations? And they and there's like no loading between these deaths. Like you'll just they'll throw you right back in like right before it happens. Mm-hmm. And then like you just keep trying until you figure it out. And it auto saves. Yeah, which is nice. I mean, like the game starts. I don't even know if there's a title screen. They just like throw you in the game. Right. It just like it starts with you. Like you don't know if you're ready or not. And like you just hit the controller. That's how characters. Lim- that's moving. how Limbo started. So, yeah, yeah. Same way. Um, the game, I will say, as you as you get deeper into the game, it gets more twisted, and you start to question the environment around you a lot more. I found myself doing that, um, and it, I really want you to finish this game. I really, I think I'm going to. You, you absolutely should. You'll finish it very quickly um, if you just you know put your mind to it. Well, I was going to run back through it on stream. After you should I, after I've completed it. Just so um, people can watch. It. It's very well done. And I would like to I don't know if we'd have this on mic or off mic, but I would love to have a like a brief discussion with you about it. Because oh, do you want to do like a like, not, do like a mini a, episode? Like, like a, a little, not, not yeah. quite gaming type thing. It's because there's a lot of like there's no words in this game. There's no narration. But I feel like this game tells a really specific story. And there is a point in the game where it takes it does a complete 180. And it will, it will, you'll, you'll just go, what the fuck is happening? This is not the game I was playing the last like three hours. Like, what the fuck? Oh, cool. And, and this is, this is something I want to really talk about when you finish it. Okay. Because it would be very cool. And I'm it is willing, a very cool game. I feel like cool I got to buy it. I think you should. I mean, it, it, when I bought talk it, talk with I think, us, I man. It for 20 bucks. <laughs> Do it. I bought it Let's for put like, the destiny down. <laughs> bought it for like 20 bucks. I mean, it's, I, think it's, it was. I know. It's not expensive. It's, not it's expensive, just, yeah. it's a good experience. I okay. think it's a good 20 bucks well spent. Okay. I would say. Um, but yeah, that's that's inside, and there's a there's a lot more to it, and I hope we. And the, do and the funny thing, Locke, is is now that Inside um, is out and Play Dead is releasing that, magically Limbo became um, backward compatible. So I immediately re-downloaded yep. that. PlayStation put it as a, uh, one of the three I games. Yeah, I originally played that on um, 360, and I was able to like re-download that into my Xbox One, and now I'm playing both essentially, right? Just to get the feel. Yeah, uh, Limbo is definitely supernatural in its in its overall tone and and how it approaches the the content, you know, the game gameplay. Um, and this is uh, way more. Um, uh, fascist it's like a fascist almost it seems fascist you know like you're moving along and you're stuck in a fascist world where it seems that way doesn't it yeah it does don't no. f- spoilers <laughs> you dick if it's going to change so dramatically I'll i don't know i'm not giving anything away i'm just on my own but yeah right yeah. it starts off seeming incredibly fascist you know like you're stuck in a world where you can get shot on sight and that kind of stuff so yeah good there's no way of yeah there you go. You, you pretty much nailed it. Okay. Um, there are two games I want to give a shout out to. Please do the it. Smaller. This is for Trip. Oh, do it. On behalf of Trip. Two games that I know I played kind of, but he definitely played. Abduction and The Witness. He definitely, I know he said, give us a, give a shout out to The Witness. Because didn't he uh, like 100% that game? I think game? he completely finished The Witness, yeah. And and Abduction, I want to say in the same vein as The Witness. Now, these are these are types of games that we haven't seen in a very long time. 
This is like the mist, you know, the mist games, Riven style games. Yeah, solving uh, lock and key puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was really happy to see games like this come back because we don't get, we just get shooting and killing games. These are like games that actually get you to think. And I really appreciated seeing games like this. Um, now, Witness, I eventually said, fuck this shit. Not going to lie. I was like, oh, hell no. I, I, won't, I won't play. I it. can't do this. Uh, I, I just don't know what I'm le- like. It, they expect you to learn as you go. And I wasn't learning as much, you know, because because, you know, like the, each puzzle teaches you a new mechanic. Couldn't follow it. It was very difficult. Hmm. Trip, as far as I know, I mean, he, he loves that shit. Nailed that. Yeah. He loves that shit. And abduction was very similar as you're just a voiceless character put on this world, solving world puzzles, clicking on things, seeing what you can interact with. I just need to give a shout out to those two games because they they deserve it. They need I need to see more evolutions of games like that. No, I think but those are I don't know. It's so hard. Like that is a video game to me if that makes sense. Like the witness is a true in its truest form a video game. Yeah. We're now getting modern day storytelling in our video games. Like that puzzle all it was was a game that maybe 30 years ago if they were that able to create puzzles on that scale you would get on a console or you would mm-hmm. get on a in, on a game where that's 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 the gimmick. The puzzles are the gimmick. Right. That's the video game where now we have all of these mechanics and graphics and and storytelling and voice actors and effects and it's they're 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 big productions now in comparison to some of these smaller things where they're so unique in what they're trying to present and the witness is one of them where it's you're just solving puzzles and it's getting yep. harder and harder and harder to solve the next puzzle um, every time you solve one you feel like you're accomplishing something great right. Sure. You're you're a yeah, that's that I mean that's all I had. He's yeah, probably I know, a, absolutely right. Trip's probably a fan of crossword puzzles. You know. No, I don't know if he is. Maybe Sudoku. Yes, maybe Sudoku. Sudoku. Yeah. I commit Sudoku every day. <laughs> you what? Oh nothing. Sapuku. Nothing. <laughs> nice nice play on words there. Friend of the anime. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Anime to you. Uh, so you said there were two games. You had The Witness and what was the other one? I'm sorry. Abduction. Oh, Abduction. Which was a lot of the old developers of the of Mist worked on. Yes. Um, and and it, bit, I played it. I played it too. You played it. Okay. I didn't beat it. I eventually fell off of it, but it felt very Mist-like. You're just... And they actually had in the... When you start the game, they say, do you want to play this in classic Mist style or do you want to just have the ability to like move around like you would with joysticks? Well, right. Uh, is it developed by... The developer of Mist? Not the same company, but I know developers of Mist worked on it. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? It's like the old the old style. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I mean, like I want to see more games like that. I like I like the kind of mystery uh, you know, click on stuff games. Not a lot of that lately. But yeah. So I, So what are we what were we gonna say? I was just gonna spit out uh, my my essentially my top five. No, 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 we're gonna save that. Oh, we're saving that for another week or whatever. Oh, we want to do that with Trip here. Oh, let's do that with Trip. I think there's there's one game that we wanted to talk about, which I think first before we get there, uh, because I know uh, I know Neo and I kind of landed on the same the same topic or the same game, but let's talk about some of the things that were disappointing or failures or flops or it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. It was an investment that we made that we were disappointed on or where 2016 I think has more has has had more 
downs than ups as In far as respect. as far as what we thought we were going to get and what we actually received um you know so my question to you is yeah do i start or end with no man's sky i think that's a given that is a given we've at this already, point yeah, we've already talked about it we've beaten that dead horse yeah I, I think i think we got it did i talk about recore i no. don't know i don't know if you did a lot I, I know you mentioned that you didn't like it what was wrong with recore or what didn't you like about recore um well in all fairness i should probably finish it right sure i bought it i like the price it was 40 bucks that was cool. Not bad. Not every game has to be 60. Right. That's yeah, cool. And I thought that this was like, what I thought was, oh, it's $40. Wow. And and the promos like seemed very cinematic and like epic. And it was like going to introduce me to a new world. And like, I don't know. But then the world seemed kind of like, like we were just talking about with like Watch Dogs 2. The world seemed like it was not really a big world. Like it was a hmm. small world and. And there was like maybe one path I can travel. How were the I was doing the game mechanics? Uh, the ma- mechanics seemed pretty cool. You but shoot, I, shot, you shoot stuff. Yeah, you shoot stuff, and, but you could like pretty much just hold down the button and auto lock on everything. Okay, traversal was that was that fun? It wasn't a very vertical game, even okay. though it moved you vertical. You were moving vertical in a linear pattern, like you you didn't like have a decision to move through the rocks or move below through the tunnel. Sounds very on rails. It's super on rails. Characters, were they fun? Uh, did you love the characters? I didn't play far enough into it to, to get to the point where I love the characters. Is it So you launched the game thinking it was something that it wasn't? Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe from their marketing, they tricked me into thinking it's more like a Borderlands or something along those lines. Like, mm, like, RPG-esque, like maybe? Like a big like, RPG with like, lots of like, cool, epic things. And I should have known with the price point, maybe? Like maybe there was they, only thirty, there or was 40. forty. Maybe they knew like the game wasn't as impressive. They didn't pack enough features, so they wanted to lower. The I mean, price this was to sweeten this, the deal. This was a pretty hyped game. It for, was for a while, an I mean, Xbox was, exclusive. So yes. another sale, sales pitch for me, knowing full well how much I loved other Xbox initiatives. Sure. I mean, and when I when I say that, I'm talking about Xbox as the distributor. I mean, it's always a different developer, but uh, like they're distribution in the past has been really cool games like crackdown crackdown 2 um and um uh, state of decay those are all really I, I love all of those games can't wait for the second one so isn't that out state of decay 2 yeah Mm-mm, they remade they remastered the first one oh, they made it for xbox did. one oh, okay which which it was one of the only remasters that i don't actually mind but the second one is being teased that's that's one thing this year did well the remasters remaster central baby the second one is supposed to be what we wanted with the first one so one of the things that was interesting about the meta of, of state of the k it was not a multiplayer game right but Locke and i found ourselves like creating party chat just to discuss where we were in the game nice almost like we were playing an open world game and he was somewhere in the world i was in and that would just that just grew that spawned out of like the fact that we wanted the game that they promised that we wanted this state of decay that's going to be an open world where we can gather resources together and build our fort and survive against zombies just like Walking Dead right hmm. Locke, it made you feel like you were playing the Walking Dead right uh, it did yeah. it did yeah it was it, it, state of decay um, did a lot of things well um, it had base building. 
it had the ability to care about your other characters because if you didn't give them attention, they would die, they would kill themselves, they would get <laughs> sick. Um, State of Decay was a it was a well it was a robust arcade game. Like that was an Xbox Live arcade game. I know it was. Right? So yeah. wow. that that was not it was I mean, and full fledged upgrading weapons and you know, it had the the nighttime mode when you got when you got at night there were more hordes and zombies and and uh you had the ability there was full blown driving and you could like open your door when you were driving to like kill walkers. <laughs> I just remembered remember when it first came out, like before they patched it, like if you left and came back like real time five hours later or something like that. Yeah. If you didn't log into the game, the game would progress and people would like fucking lose their resources. Yeah. So this this game updated all the time. So if I didn't play, even when your shit's off. So if I didn't play for three days, I came back. My place is in shambles. Like it's yeah. like the priest has like killed three people and like, <laughs> oh, my God, that was so fun because this was the first game I ever played that had like it was the first game that side broadsided me with permadeath yeah so i'm playing this game i meet this girl in the beginning of the game she's a cool character she's with me where she joins the group we're all the big group and we're having a good time i go out on a raid and it's like three of us and um and we get to this point where we get overrun by zombies and then she gets eaten no maggie (laughs) yeah right 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 and then it's just like this is before the walking dead started killing off everyone but it, and it was literally like, oh my god, this character just died. And then they have like this mourning and this like they have like a um, like a funeral. Yeah, they have like a, a mini funeral for this character. Oh jeez. And then like then later on, like a character got depressed from it and like went out in the middle of nowhere and killed themselves. Like it was so awesome. It's a great game. What the hell, man? It's a really yeah. good game. Uh, See, but I that- thought Day Z was Walking Dead Simulator, but this is like this is. This, but what this lacks is human interaction because it does. I, I, it's I, solo. Honestly, humans mm-hmm. are going to fuck it up. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're going to do a Daisy thing, right? So they're and that's get trolled by somebody, and that's where with the the new game they promised open world, but what they're really giving us is just multiplayer in the same world. So I like hope Felix, that's what they do? That's what they've already said. Okay, good. So Felix and I can have the same base that we're in control of, ne- not necessarily like. 40 of us on one map all have mini bases and we're raiding each other and then it makes it a player versus player not in a player versus environment right um but again that goes back to indie developer knows what they're trying to create knows what they're doing undead labs undead labs correct um we only really have a few minutes left so there's something that i know neo and i wanted to touch on um and that's probably the biggest up of this year and that would be which you've heard it before our deep-seated love for Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah, we're still playing it. Um, We're actually, uh, for you, Felix, this is your invitation. We're about to get a big group of everybody returned to Overwatch. Um, Manimal and uh, Crow are going to are going to play and we're going to we're going to get a probably a six man going soon. But are you going to do a discord style? Why not? I want it to. I would want it to be in the Discord because I want to be streaming with you guys when sure. I'm doing it. And I, and the only way you're going to show up, your voice is only going to be there if we do the Discord. Sure. I think uh, why Overwatch needs to be talked about is because you. We talked earlier about innovation, right? We talked about what 
is setting the game? What what is setting up this generation of consoles and PCs for the future of gaming? And I think they just did small little things and built upon things that other developers have done, but have created something so unique, so popular, so fun, so addicting, and it's only a multiplayer game. Yeah, I mean, talk about market penetration. This thing just nailed everyone. Mm-hmm. It just it ripped, nailed it. It ripped Battleborn a new asshole. <laughs> oh my, it's Battleborn under my list of disappointments. It just... It should have gotten out of Overwatch's way. Overwatch started a whole year before its release. It started with its with its trailers and its character introductions, and they just started building and building and building. And then Battleborn comes along and just kind of goes, oh, we can do this too, guys, right? No, 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 no. Get out of the way. Um, <laughs> Overwatch, when it came out, it was... I've never seen a first-person shooter get that popular uh, not even like by Call of Duty standards, and that game is the same game every year. This thing hit all corners of everybody. People were making fan art. People were were making their own theories about characters and relationships about characters. People loved the play style of the characters. Every everyone had a character that they they identified with play style wise. You said Locke that you liked seventy six because he felt like the classic shooter. And I liked Farah because she reminded me of Quake Three and doing rocket jumps and playing those kinds of characters. Yeah, I think um for someone to feel so strongly about just a player versus player character that they want to create art and talk about this character and feel attached to it and all it is is loading up a game and playing six V six player versus player mm-hmm. is so uniquely strong for them to be able to do that. Like I don't think about my warlock in destiny as like this person that I love, you know, like you don't make your fanfic around them or anything like that. No, well, I don't do that anyway, but <laughs> like, but to your point, I love playing certain characters on overwatch cause I love their feeling. I love the, their animations. I love their emotes, right? Mm-hmm. I like, I love everything about them. I don't get that from destiny. I don't get that from call of duty. I don't get that from halo. So they, they just did one small tweak where they made a, a shooter feel like a story game even though there's no real story. Yeah, and even without a campaign, that didn't stop it, which was really weird because I would say one thing that game needs is a story, but I don't hate it less because it doesn't have a campaign. For some reason, Titanfall 1 got shat on because it was all multiplayer, but... You know that that game died now, like a it month did. out of its first, you know, its first release. It did. Yeah, but they they gave soul to the meta the the meta community. Yeah. The the meta discussion surrounding the game, they 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 played those AR tricks. Yeah. I mean, right. let's get real. Sombra was got a little much. Right. It got, it got a little, a little much, much there but, at the end, but, but but doing that kind of shit kind of, you know, is great marketing. Keeps for, the community for, interested. And they had to do it because they knew they were bringing into the community like a, the gaming community on, on a whole brand new IP, brand new intellectual property that no one was going to know about. So how were they going to get it to them? So they 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 built their community for them. I mean, mm-hmm. they started marketing it that way. Yeah, even Ra- before the game came out. You know, kind of like grassroots style but for the gaming community. Yeah. And we know Overwatch won game of the year for the video game awards mm-hmm. that were on Twitch, which was very surprising. Um I mean, I guess not really that surprising, but nah, for a I shoot- called it. but for like a shooter. Yeah. Like for for its category type. 
to win yeah. game of the year is unexpected because it's usually a story based RPG based game, right? Um, but they nailed it, um, and they're continuing to be successful with the updates that they do. The free characters. We're now about to go into a December event. Um, yeah, the Christmas event. They had the Halloween event. They had the Rio Game Olympic event. So they're 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 playing and keeping it fresh and unique. And I think that's what's nailed their success. I, and I feel like next year, this time next year, Overwatch will be, a comp- I wouldn't say a completely different game, but we're going to see a lot more of what that game can offer even a year from now because they're continually adding to it and, and providing all this care and love to the game. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just makes it good. It, yeah. I, I, wanna, I can't wait to come back and, and see, you know, even if I do stop playing for a month or two, which I have. Right. I've been going in and out. And sure. Supposed to be in this tournament this weekend, but I'm probably get my ass handed to me again. It's okay. <laughs> do you uh, do you draw any comparisons to Overwatch and Street Fighter? I compare it to Team Fortress, right? But well, but I'm so talking you're about talking the about the cra- characters. I'm talking about the character craze. Oh, okay. Uh, of of the original Street Fighter in arcades back in the day. Like people are engaging. I think in it's content. a pretty good ca- yeah. comparison point. I think the game itself is Team Fortress. Yeah, they're but different I think, games. But yeah. I think, but yeah. I think the to say no, I'm playing as this character. You know, like this is my character that I'm going to battle as. Yeah, you guys don't have memories of this, but I do because, like, I remember when Street Fighter was released into arcades. You know, yeah, like way back in the day, uh, it wasn't Street Fighter. Sorry, the original Street Fighter was was a snooze fest, and no one fucking played it. Uh, Street, Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two, and then mm-hmm. all the, the the derivatives of that, like Street Fighter Two Alpha uh, Turbo, Ultra, Turbo, Turbo Which ended is what up. I had. Yeah, I, Turbo Turbo wasn't an original thing they were going to market. Turbo came out of um, a bunch of kids were modding the fucking oh, machines really? and shit, and, and and speeding them up. And I, then they actually marketed a turbo game to compete with what Yeah, because I remember when I was little, I had my Super Nintendo and I had Street Fighter 2 and then somehow I got Street Fighter 2 Turbo and I had both Street Fighter 2 and 2 Turbo. And I was I like, mean, "Whoa, there's two different like, games." Why oh. the fuck did where what was was Turbo necessary? Yeah, it was necessary it because, because people were like changing the machines in the arcade and and fucking manipulate them so they'd be faster it was wow. crazy no it's a good um, it's a good point i think you made a good point bringing it to, to street fighter it's very similar yeah. yeah yeah i see a lot of similarities uh, i see a, a kind of a similarity in some of the art style right on some of the characters is that maybe true? a little bit maybe a little bit yeah i mean it's an evolution if anything yeah i mean right. overwatch definitely has that pixar vibe going for it it does and, and they do it well they're fantastical characters and all yeah. that um but more to come uh next week uh i don't know if we'll be doing game of the year, more of a bigger discussion with trip. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what our news points are for next week. Um, like I mentioned, please, uh, check out the rebroadcast of the GSM podcast on Twitch at GSM underscore podcast, um, to hear Felix and, um, and myself on the video stream and what we're talking about. GSM is going to be doing their games of the year. Um, and make sure you follow me on Twitter at, twi- uh, at, lock underscore key excuse me and on twitch at twitch.tv slash lock underscore the letter n underscore key um and that's about it for me fellas what do you got um yeah this is uh felix hergood here uh twitch.tv forward slash felix hergood uh currently right now i am definitely streaming um I'm definitely streaming Skyrim. I'm doing a run through where I'm a vampire. It's pretty cool. I'm killing everything. It's grotesque. Um, but then I'm also doing Grand Theft Auto: The Story because I never got a chance to actually play that in full. 
And what are you? Uh, what? I don't even know what he's doing. He's, he's inside. Oh, inside. inside. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely. Going, I will watch okay, you that finish is, that, that game. Is, that, that is <laughs> going inside. That is going inside. That's the sex like this, pantomime like where this. you're putting the finger inside. That's what you do, right? Yeah, uh, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely playing inside. I'm going to stream inside. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about streaming Battlefield 1. I don't know. What do you think about it's that? It's a fun game to watch. Yeah. Do it. I'm going to stream Battlefield 1. I, I took a poll in one of the streams that I did recently. Uh, thanks a lot for your help, uh, Rich Loves Games, um, because he suggested that uh, he said you should stream whatever you want. Um, but if you want to stream haters Battle- be damned. If you want to stream Battlefield One, I might not like to play that game myself, but it might be interesting to watch you play it. So there you go. I am Neo underscore Yoshi. I would like to watch you play Inside. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, that's going to happen. You should that's definitely do that. Definitely you can find me at Twitter at Neo underscore Yoshi. Um, please rate and subscribe to the Merchant Gamer podcast. We would love to hear from you in iTunes. It would be really good. It would be so. awesome. And, and yeah, I will really read need, your, I will read it. Neo needs, needs the, the, the time. So please get him those comments so he has his segment airtime because he will feel let down if he doesn't have any comments to read. I will. I want to make, make it a weekly thing where... We're like, what nasty fucking ass comment we left this week, man? It'll be hilarious trolling us. <laughs> that would be great. Felix sucks ass. I hate that dude. But we will see you next week for 107. Um, so we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks. But you didn't have to change.